Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Would you like more time to do what you really want to do? Join us now for Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. Noah St. John has been coaching and mentoring people for more than 20 years. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah is responsible for more than $100 million in sales. On today's show, Noah will share the tools, tips, and proven strategies to help you make your dreams a reality. Now, here is your host, Noah St. John. Hello, everybody, wherever you are on this lovely planet Earth. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am Noah St. John, and this is Money, Mindset, and Marketing Mastery. I'm very, very thrilled to be here on Voice America Influencers Channel, and uh, great to have you here with me today. So we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Hey, we've had some great episodes already, which you can listen to. They're in the uh, show archives, and you really want to catch up on those because we've covered some really important ground here. Uh, I'll just give you a few of the topics we've already covered, and let's see, and then you can check those out in the show archives. So uh, I first of all, I talked to you about the simple secret of more money and more happiness, uh, and that was, uh, that was a really great show where we talked, I showed you and I walked you through what I call the income happiness scale. That's a really, really imperative thing for you to look at so that you can get more done and have more money and, yes, more happiness, which is why we're in business, isn't it, folks? And so that's a, that's a really good one you want to check out. Uh, then I gave you five insanely awesome mindset hacks that will make you more money. So I really walked you through what I call my dream influencer formula. And uh, that is uh, also in your show archives. I gave you four little-known ways to actually reach your goals this year. And we talked also about healing your relationship with money. So we're We've got a lot of great stuff for you here on the Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show. Now, today is going to be something a little bit different. Today, we're going to be talking about, you know, it's so funny because when you hear these shows with uh, different influencers, all the great uh, thought leaders and influencers here on Voice America and, and other networks, you know, we hear a lot about the top thought leaders and influencers of today. But one of the things we don't often hear about are their influences. In other words, who influenced the influencers? And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today because, you know, all of us have people who have influenced us in life, haven't we? You know, we've had teachers, mentors, coaches, maybe parents, maybe, you know, people in our lives, spouses, and other people like that. And so I really feel that it's important to understand what are the influences that are influencing today's influencers. That was a lot of influence in that sentence, wasn't it? But I'm really serious because uh, it's important to know who, like when you're following somebody, let's say you're following me or one of the other influencers here on the channel or, or anywhere. I mean, the point is, where did they come from? Who are they, who molded them? Who influenced them, right? So look, I'm sure you're listening to this program and, and all the programs here on Voice America Influencers Channel because I'm sure that you want to become an influencer yourself, right? I mean, that's, I'm sure, one of the reasons that you're here listening to these programs, maybe taking notes, hopefully taking action on some of the things that we're talking about. 
And so the point is, you need to know that as an influencer, that carries a lot of responsibility. You know, just like uh, Uncle Ben said to Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. He, of course, said that to Peter Parker, who he didn't know was Spider-Man. Boy, am I showing my nerdiness right now. But anyway, my point is that it really is important. I, at least I feel that way. What do you think? Do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? You let me know. You can give me a call at 866-472-5795. You can also shoot me an email, Show at gmail.com, and let me know who your influencers are. Who influenced you? So today we're going to be talking about, really, I, I would definitely say the number one person, the single person who influenced me most in my lifetime um, you know, I've been on this planet five decades now. I'm in my 50th year, uh, my, my 50th trip around the sun right now. And, uh, you know, we all have people who come into our lives. We have, you know, maybe thousands of people that we run across, maybe more. I mean, I've, I've had the very, you know, humbling opportunity to travel all around this great world of ours, uh, speaking in lovely places like Australia. I mean, Melbourne, Sydney, Australia, Gold Coast, great. I mean, just beautiful places like that, Jamaica, Los Cabos, Mexico, um, Costa Rica, you know, just beautiful places like that all over the United States and Canada, you know, all around North America. And so I have, I have had the opportunity to literally meet tens of thousands of people at my live events and, and certainly hundreds of thousands of people online. So all of those people, I suppose you could say, you know, have some kind of influence. But I think when we look at our lives, wouldn't you agree that most of the time we can point to one or two or, or just a handful of people who really had a strong influence on it, who really molded our character, who we are, not just what we do, but really who we are? Well, for me, that person is, uh, is an author. And, you know, frankly, he's the reason that I got into this business, the reason that I became an author myself and speaker and a consultant, a coach, a mentor. Uh, somebody who wants to help people, wants to make a difference, make an impact, and really change lives, leave a legacy of goodness around the world. You know, that's really what I, what I try to do every day and have been doing for these last two decades uh, you know, here at my company, successclinic.com. And so that person is Stephen Covey. For me, that, that is the, the name of the, the person who is my number one influence uh, really in my life. And let me take you back a little bit, uh, just a, a few years. And, um, you know, I, some of you may have heard that I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. And, you know, that's really true. I know it sounds like a cliche. I know it sounds like almost kind of silly, but it's really true. I grew up, uh, and you can ask my wife, you know, she's, she's been there. I, I took her on a tour of, of where I grew up. And uh, it's, it's this little town called Kennebunkport, Maine. Now, some of you may be familiar with Kennebunkport, Maine, because it's where, uh, you know, the bushes. Uh, George W. Bush and H. W. Bush, you know, the 41st and 43rd presidents of the United States, that's where they grew up. I mean, that was their hometown, really. And, and uh, the Walkers uh, really founded the town of Kennebunkport, Maine. That's why there's a place there. Their, their, their compound is called uh, Walker Point. And so that's George Herbert Walker Bush. That's that family. Well, anyway, the point is, it's a, it's a very wealthy neighborhood. There's very, you know, there's multi-million dollar homes there. And, you know, it's just really a great uh, place of great wealth. But for whatever reason, um, my parents moved there when I was very little. 
And they were definitely not wealthy, not by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, we were dirt poor. And I mean that literally. We lived at the bottom of a dirt road in this drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure. So from the time I was very little, I had this very weird, strange, you know, experience of the vast dichotomy, the chasm, the gap between the haves and the have-nots. The haves was everyone else in my community. I mean, just very, very wealthy families, wealthy individuals, you know, people with lots of money that just were, you know, going to my school, you know, I'd see them all the time at my high school and events and so forth. And then there was my family, which was the have-nots. And we definitely didn't have anything. And all I remember growing up was my parents arguing all the time. And what do you think they argued about? Exactly. Money, right? And the fact that we didn't have any. So all I heard growing up was, we can't afford it. You know, we we don't have any money. We can't afford it. And, you know, lots of yelling and screaming and dishes being thrown and so forth. I mean, it was, it, it sucked. And so my point is that the reason I was sharing that with you is because I didn't have any role models at home, certainly no positive ones. Maybe some of you can relate to that. And what's so funny and ironic is that in this industry, the personal development industry, you could say the influencer industry, if you want, um, you know, there are, you, you hear stories all the time about, you know, well, my, my parents were my, my number one role model, my parents or my dad, my mom, whatever, you know, they really showed me how to live life. <laughs> and, um, my parents definitely showed me how not to live, you know, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. I mean, they, they're perfectly aware of this and, you know, they read my books and they know that, you know, it, it sucked and they agree that it sucked. They, they didn't have any fun either. You know, they didn't like being poor any more than, than anyone would. My point being is that from the time I was very, very young, I knew that I needed positive role models and I didn't have any. It was just sucky role models. It was how not to live, how not to be. And, you know, yeah, that's, I guess, helpful. Not really. You know, how, how not to live. But it, I think, at least for me anyway, I needed to know what to do. You know, yes, I understand we need to know what not to do. But to me, it's like, wouldn't it be nice to know what to do, how to live, how to be successful? And so because I had those questions you know, literally just <laughs> every day growing up, like, how do you freaking live here on the earth? I mean, this sucks. And how do you have a life? How can you be successful? Because like I said, I saw other people doing it, literally people across the street. And I'm like, how come I can't have that? And how come my family doesn't have that? Because they work really hard. My parents worked hard. They struggled. They sacrificed. But they never got ahead. And so it was very, very confusing for a young fellow like me. And so I was very inquisitive and, and very, you know, frustrated, frankly, I'm very curious and like, gosh, darn it, this sucks. What can I do about it? And so I did the only thing that I knew to do, the only thing that I could figure out to do, which was I went to the library. I love reading books. I'm just, I am a book nerd. I freaking love books. And I just love hanging out at the library. I, and when I, you know, was taking Babette on that tour of Kennebunkport, I showed her the the library where I basically grew up. I spent hours and hours after school at the library, you know, just pouring over books. And, you know, I, I love reading science fiction books. And I know that was just so I could escape, right? I just wanted to escape reality because reality sucked. Um, but the other type of books that I really was drawn to was self-help books. 
personal growth, personal development, spiritual growth. Now, back then, there really weren't that many to choose from. You know, I'm talking the 70s here. Um, you know, the, yeah, basically the 70s and then into the 80s. But, you know, when I grew up, it was the 70s and there weren't many to choose from. So there was basically like, you know, a few like Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie. I mean, these are people from like the 40s. And then you had a couple that came along in the 70s, like Wayne Dyer. You know, he came along with uh, your erroneous zones and other things like that. So, you know, there just weren't many to choose from. And so um, I just was really drawn to those books. And, you know, I was trying to make something of my life. Well, then, you know, fast forward many years and I was living in Los Angeles and I was still very frustrated. I hadn't been created any success at all. I was, you know, living on my own in this little apartment. I was just barely getting by working all these survival jobs. And one day I just said, you know what, this, this, I'm done. This sucks. I'm, I'm just basically done. And I decided to commit suicide. I decided to take my own life. Now, you hear a lot of stories all the time about, you know, well, I was suicidal. And I understand that what they're saying, you know, that maybe they had thoughts of suicide or they were depressed. But for me, it was I decided to do it. It wasn't that like, oh, you know, maybe I should do it or I was thinking or about it. It was I actually decided to do it. And so what happened was I, well, I won't take you through the whole thing of what happened. But basically, and you can read that in my book of affirmations where I tell the whole story. You can just go to affirmationsbook.com and, and, you know, get the book of affirmations because uh, Reed Tracy, who is the uh, CEO of Hay House, said that he wanted to put that story in the book. So we, I did that. I was, I was reluctant to do it, but he, he convinced me to do it because he said people want to know, you know, about that. Anyway, the point is that at the very, very last moment when I had decided to commit suicide, something happened that saved my life. And I said, okay, I, I, I realized that I'm not supposed to commit suicide. I was still very depressed, naturally. But um, that basically, to me, was a miracle at the very, very last moment that saved my life. And so I decided, after that experience, to commit the rest of my life to serving God and to serving humanity to the best of my ability. And I said to God, I said, God, well, I don't know why you spared me, but because you spared me, I'm going to just devote the rest of my life to serving you and to serving the planet as best I can. Now, what happened after that was that I moved back to New England. I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I started going to church. I started specifically going to a unity church. And that was uh, one of the, you know, I started was still reading books throughout this time, people like Louise Hay. Marianne Williamson, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, you know, again, we're, we're into like the 80s now. And so these were some of the newer, somewhat newer teachers at that time anyway. And so I said, okay. And I was at the, so I was at this Unity Church up in Maine. And I was going through the bookstore and I said, you know, just again, uh, that's where I like to hang out. I like to hang out in bookstores and libraries, you know, just reading books and just kind of browsing and seeing, you know, what there is. Now, here's what happened. This was one day in, in the 90s, and I was just browsing through the bookstore in, in my church, and I swear to God I'm not making this up, but 
a book fell off the shelf and landed at my feet. And I looked around, I'm going, what, that was weird. And I was like, is there a windstorm or something? How would that book fall off the shelf? That, you know, there's nobody around. I was just by myself and it fell. Have you ever had something like that happen? I mean, it's, it was really bizarre. And I looked down and I picked it up off the floor and it said, the seven habits of highly effective people. And I was like, huh, that's a neat title. I'd like to know about the seven habits of highly effective people because I don't feel like I'm very effective here on the earth right now. I mean, I'm still not very successful. And, you know, that's the things that I was thinking. So I'm like, huh, that's a really neat title. Who's that by? Stephen Covey. I never heard of him before. Now, of course, he'd been around for a long time. I don't know how I missed him. But it was so amazing. And that's what I love about how I encountered Stephen Covey. Because and, and the seven habits of highly effective people, because it had been after all of these things that had happened, all of this real turmoil and, and upset and frustration and pain in my life. That's how I was introduced to him. And I mean, seriously, have you ever been in a bookstore and, you know, something falls off the shelf? I've actually had people write to me and say that my book, one of my books fell off the shelf and that's how they found me. So isn't that funny? There must be some invisible hand pushing books to people. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Well, anyway, um, we're going to be coming up on a break in, in a moment here. But when we come back from break, I want to share with you what happened. And then I want to uh, share with you that uh, what happened when I actually got to meet Stephen Covey. And the one thing, the one piece of advice he gave me that I never forgot and that really changed my life and really has has affected me, and and I think about it every single day. So I'm going to share that with you after the break. Now, what I want to share with you right now is that if you would like to get my new book, which is called Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money, all you have to do is go to sendmeabooknoah.com. Sendmeabooknoah.com, and I will do that. I will send you a book. Now, you can get the book. It's called Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. You can get that book either in an ebook, which I will just email to you, and or you can get the paperback version and I will ship that to you anywhere on the earth. And it's just a very small shipping fee. The book is free. So you don't pay for the book no matter what. So whether you get the ebook or the regular book, the paperback version, I will ship that right to your door. There's just a small shipping fee wherever you are in North America or all around the world. We've shipped to dozens of countries so far. So we'd love to get that to you as well. All right. So we're going to be going to a break right now. When we come back, I want to share with you what happened after I you know, first encountered the seven habits of highly effective people and uh, some other things about how Stephen Covey really, really changed my life. All right, we'll be back in just a few moments. We'll see you soon. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists, 
using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show. To reach the program, please call into 1 866 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or email us at Show at gmail.com. Now, back to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery. And welcome back. Yes, I am Noah St. John, and this is Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery. I'm very, very happy to have you here today, here on Voice America Influencers Channel. Great to have you here today. Now, today we're talking about who influences the influencers. Who influences the influencers? I'm talking about one of the greatest influences on my life, and that is Stephen Covey, author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I was sharing with you the story of how I first encountered, first heard of Stephen Covey at that church up in Maine where that book fell on the floor guided by that unseen, invisible hand. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? So uh, what happened was, now this is, so the book itself was actually an audio book. So it wasn't the actual book with, you know, written pages. It was an audio book. Now, it was actually on audio cassette. Are any of you old enough to remember audio cassette tapes, audio tapes, right? Those the little things that go around in a circle. That's, we're talking analog, maybe. So yeah, it's a long time ago. I know. I'm, I'm showing my age again. But anyway, so the seven habits of highly effective people, I said, wow, that, that's really interesting. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, I'd like to know what the seven habits of highly effective people are. So I took out the tape and just put it in my car, you know, and I was driving home from that church. And you know what? I started listening to that program and I started to just cry. I started to cry. Tears were rolling down my face as I was listening to that program. And I'll never forget that. It was very, very emotional. It really hit me very, very right in the gut. It hit me very emotionally for a number of reasons. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but I certainly, of course, am recommending that you do read it. It it is a seminal work in the field of personal development. If you're in this field at all, which I'm sure you are because you're listening to this, this program and this station, 
There's no question that it's one of the books that just everybody needs to read. You know, there are just a few seminal works in this industry, and there's no question that The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is one of them. So, you know, um, when I was listening to it, I just was very, very emotional. I was crying. There were tears rolling down my face. And I think one of the reasons that it hit me so emotionally, and by the way, I listened to it over and over and over and over again. I literally listened to it four times in a row. I just would keep driving around in my car, and those were the days when you had tape players in your car. Remember any of anybody remember those? Yes, we had tape players in our car back then. So I just would drive around and be listening to those audio tapes all over the place. I just keep I just find an excuse to start driving. And I think one of the reasons that it affected me very emotionally was that I realized a few things. Number one, when he in the book talks about the fact that between stimulus and response, there is a space. Now, this goes back to his entire premise, which is the first habit to be proactive. Be proactive. Now, at that time, I had never heard of that, right? Because be proactive is uh, probably something that either he made up or he certainly popularized. Now, of course, we hear it everywhere. This is one of the things that you realize as you do this work that sometimes the things you think have just been around forever have not been around forever. You know, some person, some man or woman had to think of these things and, and start putting them out there, whether in books or teachings or, or seminars or what have you. And so the whole idea of be proactive at that time was, was really very new. And no one was talking like that. Everybody talks that way now, right? We talk about proactivity. It's really entered the culture. But back then, I don't I mean there just weren't many people talking about it. I'd never even heard that word before. And so what does be proactive mean? Well, when you really study what Covey is saying, he's basically saying, look, we humans are programmed. We're programmed by lots and lots of different things. We're programmed, for example, by our parents, right? Our parents naturally are one of the main programmers of us. Right. Little children, a little child is completely helpless, completely dependent on their parents or their parental figures, whoever is there raising them completely. I mean, up until like a very, very old age in terms of like the animal kingdom, when you look at the rest of the animal kingdom, you know, I mean, horses come out and they're basically walking. Right. And and. You know, monkeys and dolphins and all the other mammals are just like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's do it. You know, but we humans take years, years and years and years and years and years to develop and to be able to be on our own. Right. Basically self-sufficient. I mean, we're talking years. Any parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. So the point being is that we are absolutely programmed by our parents. Then we're programmed by our schools. Right. Most people go to school and they're, you know, they're they receive programming. By the way, there's a great movie about what I'm talking about right now. It's called Captain Fantastic, starring Vigo Mortensen. You need to watch that movie. It is awesome because he, Vigo, is the, the father of this this uh, clan of, of kids. I think there's five kids 
and the mom died. I'm not giving anything away. That's how the movie starts. And the mom has died, and he's basically raising these kids all by himself out in the wilderness. And he's doing an incredible job, and the kids are very, very far advanced, which we find out very quickly in the movie. Anyway, it's a great movie about what I'm talking about, programming and you know, what schools do to us, what the normal average world does, and, you know, kind of like questioning that and going, hmm, is there any other way to do it? It's a really, really good movie, Captain Fantastic. Anyway, so we're programmed by schools. Then we're programmed by church, right? Religion. Religion programs us, doesn't it? Of course it does, right? So, and the way that religion usually works is, well, our way is right and everybody else is wrong, right? Our way is the only way. Everybody else well, obviously, they're wrong. What do you think has caused most of the wars in human history is what I just said. Okay, so lots and lots of things program us. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me at my seminars and they're in tears because they say to me that they had a teacher when they were you know, very young, school age, which naturally is decades ago, right? Because these are adults in their 40s, 50s, 60s sometimes. And they say, Noah, I didn't realize how much that, what that teacher said to me has affected my whole life. Like, for example, they say, you know, you're dumb, you're stupid, you can't do it. You know, or a parent saying stuff like that. Do you get what I'm saying here? So, When I heard Covey talk about the fact that we are not that, we don't have to succumb and submit to the programming that has been put upon us. I, that's the first time I ever thought that. And I was like, because like I just shared with you, that's why I went into great detail in that story I shared with you earlier. I wasn't just talking about myself because that's who cares. But what I'm saying, I'm, I'm showing you an example of what I'm talking about. I was programmed from day zero that I'll never have any money, that I'll always be broke and poor and struggling. And other money is for other people, but we can't have it. Meaning, you know, our family, right? We'll never have it. I was programmed not by words. Now, naturally, No parent sits the kid down and says, now you're not going to have any money and you're not going to be successful and you're going to struggle. Duh. I mean, nobody does that. No parent would ever, ever do that, really. But see, that's not the point. That doesn't matter. Even if they did do that, it wouldn't make any difference. We children, right, as we're kids, as growing up, we learn by example, don't we, as kids. And Last time I checked, all of us were kids at one point, right? And so the point is we learn by example. So what did I see? Oh, we're never going to have any money. Oh, we'll never have success. Oh, we'll always be struggling. See? Oh, okay. Do, 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 do. Program that into the computer. Okay. And you don't question it. Now, there's, there's you know, lots of people and speakers out there that talk about like being in a cult. So it's kind of like that, but... I would make the argument kind of all of us were raised in a cult with quotation marks around it, meaning our family of origin. Every family has that the cult-like um, traits in the sense that this is how life works and anybody else who thinks anything else is wrong. That's basically what a cult is, right? This is how life works. 
You're pro- you do this without question, and everybody else is wrong. I don't think there's much argument there. So the point being, folks, is that what is your programming? What were you raised with? What kind of programming was put on you? And I say that very specifically because it was put on you. Right? You didn't ask for that. I didn't ask to be born into a, a poor, broke, struggling family. I didn't ask to have the fact that, oh, we'll never have money, we'll never be successful, we'll always be struggling. I didn't ask for that. I mean, I never would have asked for that. It sucked. Right? And so that was when I heard, and this is, this is just the very, very first part. This is habit one. And when Covey said, you're the programmer. Be proactive. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. We can choose. And I swear to you that I had never, ever heard that before or thought it in my life. Why do you think I decided to commit suicide? Because I thought that was my only way out. Because I was so desperately unhappy. Because I was very unsuccessful. Very frustrated. And in pain all the time, emotional pain and physical pain too. So naturally, I wanted to escape that. Who wouldn't, right? Who says, hey, give me more pain. That sounds awesome. No, it's like, uh, excuse me, I'd like to have less pain. I'd like to have less frustration and more happiness, more fulfillment, any type of joy. I had never known any of that. Maybe a very, very, very few moments. So do you understand what I'm saying? This is why this affected me so much. Just that very, very idea of be proactive. Now, I do have one beef with Covey. And he, the way that he taught it, when you listen, if you ever listen to the tape, and he said it on the tape, he would say, habit one, you're the programmer. Now, he's right. But what is really more accurate to say is, remember that you're the programmer. Remember that you have a choice. Remember that you're not a product of your environment. We have to consciously think that. Do you get what I'm saying? Because, and this is now where my teaching comes in, and many people have said, which I'm very honored by and humbled by, many people have said about my books, like the Book of Affirmations, The Secret Code of Success, Power Habits Academy, and now get rid of your head trash, many people have said that my work starts where Covey's left off, which is in fact what I did, (laughs) because I studied Covey and and others, certainly, you know, very, very deeply, and then I said, well, how can I do better? How can I improve on this? And for years, I didn't know how to. I mean, it took me five years to really realize how I could improve on it, and you know, I'm not saying my stuff is any better than Covey's. I'm just saying that this is what other people have said, is that my stuff starts where there's left leaves off, which is awesome. My point is that when you are in the moment, right, let's say something's happening to you. Maybe you know, somebody's saying something to you. Maybe you're talking to somebody who pushes your buttons, right? And for many of us, many of us, that is our family members, right? Our family members push our buttons. Why do our family members push our buttons? Because they put them there. <laughs> they put the button there. So, of course, they know where to push them. And so my point is that let's say you're with somebody who, and you you literally think that, man, that guy really aggravates me. Boy, she really just gets under my skin. Have you ever said something like that? We all have, right? But why? Why is that? And so what Covey is saying, and now, of course, what I'm also suggesting is 
in that moment, we've got to remember that we have a choice between stimulus. Now, that's the stimulus. See, the stimulus is the person saying something, the person, you know, doing whatever they're doing. And, and see, the thing is, we can't control that. We can't control what another person does. We can't control their behavior. We can't control any of that stuff. It's outside of what Covey calls our circle of control, right? And really, when you look at it, folks, there's only three things that we can control. Three things that we can control on this earth. What we think, what we say, and what we do. That's it. You can only control directly what you think, what you say, and what you do. Everything else is in your circle of concern, your circle of influence or or control, I should say. Circle of control is that's it. I can control those things. I can control what I think. I can control what I say, and I can control what I do. And in fact, the other way to look at that is no one else can control those things but you. Do you see? No one can make you think a thought. No one can make you say anything that you don't want to say. Nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. And so you may be thinking to yourself, man, you know, well, this all sounds great, but, you know, I work at a job that I hate. Okay, but nobody's making you do that job. You are making that choice. And you say, well, I wouldn't choose that. But you did choose it. You're choosing it because there is what I now call, so again, I'm referencing my work, what I call the why twos and why not twos. Covey didn't really talk about why twos and why not twos. So that's one of the things that I, when I, after studying his and other people's messages for a long time, I said, why aren't they talking about why twos and why not twos? So that's something that I had to talk about. My point is that I want you to look at where in your life are you being reactive instead of proactive? Where in your life are you allowing people to push your buttons? And how is that affecting you right now? Right? So when I had that experience, when I was listening to these tapes over and over and over again, that was one of the reasons because I started to realize, wait a minute, I'm being totally controlled by everybody else. Everybody else, I'm allowing people to control me. No wonder I'm so miserable. No wonder I'm so unhappy. No wonder I almost committed suicide. Because who wants to live like that? Nobody can live like that. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody wants to be their own person. Everybody wants to make their own choices. Everybody wants to be free. And we are free, but very, very often we forget it. We forget that we have a choice between stimulus and response. There is a space. In that space lies our freedom to choose. And in that freedom lies our happiness and fulfillment. That's what we can have now, but we must take it. So we're going to go to a break now. And when we come back, I want to share with you the story of how I, abs- how I finally, after all this time, got to actually meet Stephen Covey, how he inspired me. And I'm going to share with you the one piece of advice he gave me that I never forgot that has shaped my life to this very day. All right, we'll see you after the break.
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show. To reach the program, please call into 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or email us at Show at gmail.com. Now, back to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery. And yes, I am Noah St. John, and welcome back to Money, Mindset, and Marketing Mastery, your show to give you the money, mindset, and and marketing skills to help you double your business without doubling your workload. Yes, that is my mission here on the earth, folks, is to help 100,000 business owners, entrepreneurs to double their business without doubling their workload. Doesn't that sound nice? My job is to help you make more money, help more people, and have more fun. So that's what we do here. And I like to walk you through some parts of my journey, not just so it's like to, to talk about myself, but really so that it hopefully sheds some light on how this can help you. And what are some of the different choices that you can make today that would really have a big effect on your life? So we're talking about how Stephen Covey affected my life. And this literally this, this one book changed my life, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I'm not going to walk you through the whole thing of, you know, as I was listening to every single habit and so on. But basically, you know, every habit I realized I was doing the opposite of them. You know, like, for example, like I was just sharing with you about be proactive, right? I was being reactive. My entire life was reactive. I had been programmed just like we all are. We're all programmed, you know, and and listen, as I said earlier, I'm not throwing my parents under the bus. They... You know, their parents weren't 
they, they they came from a really messed up place themselves. So everybody's doing the best they can. Everybody knows that, you know. And then now today, as a parent, I know that it's really really hard. And they didn't have anywhere near the tools that I have access to today. So you know, when you're looking at different people who programmed you in your life, whether it's parents, teachers, the church, or whatever. Hopefully, we can get to a place of forgiveness and understanding where we go, hey, listen, you know what? Everybody's doing the best they can. Even if they did something that really did hurt me, I don't think they did it intentionally. At least I, I really don't think so. So we get to that place you know, of, of forgiveness, understanding, and that's how we can really grow. Now, so the point is when we talk about being proactive and versus being reactive. I realized that, yes, my whole life was reactive. I was just reacting to that programming. I would let people walk all over me. I was a doormat. I, you know, was struggling with money my whole life because that's what I was shown. That's what I was told, not in words, but in actions and behavior. That's what's going to be my whole life. This is what I have to look forward to my whole life. Well, who would like that? You know, I mean, who wants that? Nobody. So I worked really, really, really hard. And the way that I worked hard was through studying, through reading books, through just trying to expand my mind and go, I don't have to accept this shitty existence that I was handed. You know, and I know there's millions and millions and millions of people out there just like me, you know, who really are, are trying, who are working hard, who are struggling and who really want to get ahead. You know, that's why. I do what I do here at successclinic.com is to help all of you out there, you know, and I'm here on this journey and I've, you know, I've had great mentors and now it's my honor to mentor and coach and teach other people so that we can raise the consciousness of the earth so that we can eliminate poverty. My job on the earth is to eradicate not enoughness, eliminate not enoughness from the world. I was, I, I was raised with not enough, meaning that you know, you're never going to have. That was just a given that we will never have and you're never going to have. I am not enough. And there was no question about that. I mean, nobody questioned it. But even as a little kid, I must have questioned something because I hated it so much. And that's what really led me on this journey. So as I was studying the seven habits of highly effective people, I began to study this man, Stephen Covey, who wrote it. Now, this was before the internet. So we're talking the, you know, mid, uh, you know, early to mid 90s. And so there wasn't like I couldn't really Google him. There wasn't any Google. So I just basically found magazine articles about him. And, you know, I, I did my research. I uh, went to the library and just asked my local research librarian. And by the way, if you ever want to do some good old fashioned research, your research librarian at your local library is your best friend. And so I basically studied who is this guy, Dr. Stephen Covey? And I found out that he went to the University of Utah and he was a religious studies major. And then he became, he got an MBA, uh, you know, at business school. And so I said, okay, now this is, I, by this time, it was the mid nineties and I was in my mid twenties. And I said, okay, well, um, I never finished college. I went to college for one year and then I became a professional ballet dancer when I was 18 years old and I didn't finish college. So I said, well, maybe I should just go back to school and finish college. So what I did was I very consciously was following in the footsteps of Dr. Stephen Covey. If he was a religious studies major, then I was going to be a religious studies major. So that's what I decided to do. And I went to this uh, college uh, in New England 
uh, in Amherst, Massachusetts, and I w- became a religious studies major, and I started studying the religions of the world. Um, and and I was literally doing it because that's what Stephen Covey did. So talk about an influence on me. I mean, that's that's a big influence, right? I mean, to literally uh, have me go and try to consciously follow in his footsteps, you know, where I was and where I was living. And so I was there in school and studying religious studies, you know, studying really the world's religions, everything from Buddhism to Hinduism to Christianity. I mean, you know, all the world's great religions or, you know, certainly the, the major ones. And, and one day I, I just had a funny thought and I said, you know what, I would really love to interview Stephen Covey because I'm following in his footsteps. I mean, I am consciously doing this. And um, I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to interview him. And I go, of course, my next thought was, well, that's impossible. Why would he talk to me? I'm nobody. You know, I'm this dude in college. I mean, why would he want to talk to me? And then I had another thought. I said, well, you know what? It can't hurt to try. I can't hurt to ask. I mean, the worst that can happen is they say no. And, you know, there I haven't I haven't lost anything. I didn't have him before. I don't have him now. So what's what's the harm? Right. So there's a lesson right there, folks, is, hey, it really usually doesn't hurt to ask. The worst that can happen is somebody says no. Right. So I uh, I found again, you know, this was really pre-internet. I found uh, which at that time was called the uh, Covey Leadership Center. This was before they merged with Franklin Covey. And so I uh, found their phone number and uh, you know called the uh, called the number. Got Stephen Covey's. Actually, he had two assistants. They told me so. They gave me one of the two assistants, and um, got her on the phone. And so I said to her, "Hello, my name is Noah St. John, and I am a college student studying uh, religious studies. And Dr. Covey's been a huge influence on me. And I was wondering if I could interview him sometime. I mean, I, that's pretty much what I said. I was just as honest as I could be. Now, in my mind, I expected basically one of two responses. One, the first one is, well, no, because who are you? And he's busy and, you know, you're nobody, which I would have understood. I mean, you know, hey, I was nobody and I I get it. So that was the first response I was expecting. The second response that I was expecting was, well, he's very busy and maybe he can talk to you in like a year. (laughs) You know, that's what I expected. Like he's so booked out. Um, you know, that he, you know, there's no way that he could talk to me for like six months to a year. That's what I expected. So one of those two responses. And, and again, I, I would have been fine with that. I get it. And he's a busy guy, right? So um, I said that to the person that, you know, his assistant. And uh, now she said something funny. She says, well, uh, Noah, could you just hold on for a moment? Because I actually have Dr. Covey on the other line. And if you wouldn't mind holding for a moment, I'll, I'll see what his schedule is. So right there, I'm like, wow, that was nice. And I was, I was very excited about that. I'm like, oh, sure, you know, I'll hold. And so she put me on hold and I'm kind of, you know, getting excited. I'm going, gee, maybe I really get to talk to him. That would be exciting. And so she comes back on the line a few moments later and she says to me, how's next Thursday? And I swear to you, I almost started crying. I was so excited. I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. Next Thursday? I'm in my mind like a year, you know, six months out. Next Thursday? Are you kidding me? So I was so excited, so thrilled. And I thanked her and I said, you know, gosh, that's so nice. So, of course, Thursday comes along and I'm really nervous and I'm, you know, 
shaking and I'm like, oh, I'm sweating. So I said, now before that, before the, the call, the interview, I wrote down the questions that I wanted to ask Dr. Covey because I, you know, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to get 20 minutes on the phone with him. And, you know, I don't want to just act like an idiot and say, oh, uh, you know, and all that. I said, you know, let, let's be prepared. Let's do our homework and write down what it is you, you want to ask him. So I wrote down some questions and I, you know, I was ready to go. And uh, this was, I did it all by hand. I didn't, you know, I, actually, I don't even know if I had a laptop computer back then. I don't think I did. I was only just taking notes of the pen and paper. So t- Thursday comes along. I get on the phone and, and he says, hello, this is. This is, uh, I don't think he said Dr. Covey. He wouldn't say that. He said, hello, this is Stephen. And gosh, he was so sweet. He was exactly what you would want Stephen Covey to be. He was warm. He was humble. He was, of course, brilliant and smart. And But he wasn't arrogant. He wasn't like, he wasn't even trying to hurry me. And I'm this nobody, this college kid from Massachusetts and he took the time with me as if I was just the most important person in the world. And, and I never forgot that. You know, he wasn't like you because you, you know, and you and I know when someone's not paying any attention. Right. Even if you're on the phone, you're talking to them, you know, when someone is busy, distracted, checking their email and so on. Right. We all know that. And we've all probably done it. We're all probably guilty of it at, at least once. Right. I mean, be, be honest. And so he didn't do any of that. He was just right there present with me, little old nothing me. And I was so blown away by that. So that was one thing that really had a big impact on me. And, you know, to treat people, everybody, like they're important. And that really affected me. And then we got to the point where I asked him a question that I really, really wanted to ask him. And I said, Dr. Covey, how do you handle it when people like revere you, when they, you know, put you up on a pedestal? Because I really wanted to know that. I, I wanted to hear how he would respond to that. And what, I really want to know his answer, you know, because, of course, he's a famous guy, this best-selling author. And, you know, I mean, very my, my hero, my role model that I was consciously following in his footsteps. So I said, how do you handle that? And he said something and gave me one piece of advice that I never forgot, and I think of it every day. And he said to me, Noah, I want people to leave my seminars more impressed with themselves than with me. And I never forgot that, I wrote that down. I want people to leave my seminars more impressed with themselves than with me. And I want you to think about how different that piece of advice is than what we see now today. Because I call this what we have right now, and I just wrote on Facebook about this, is what we have is called the guru epidemic. I named it that. (laughs) The guru epidemic, which is it's all about me, 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 which I freaking hate. I freaking hate it. And I saw myself being sucked into that over the last few years because everybody's doing it. And I said, well, I guess I have to do that. And, you know, when I think about what Stephen Covey said to me that I want people to be more impressed with themselves than with me. That is like the opposite of the guru epidemic. It's the opposite of what we see everyone doing. So I want you all to know that that's what I do. 
And that's what I try to do. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. And it's not easy because it's so easy to fall into the trap of me, 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 right? I mean, everyone is doing it on social media, Facebook, YouTube. That's all we see out there. Again, I call it the guru epidemic. It is a freaking lot of noise out there of a bunch of idiots who all just talk about themselves and how great they are. And maybe they are great, but do we really care about them or do we care about ourselves? We humans care about ourselves. And so when Dr. Covey said that, I realized how brilliant that was and how hard that is. And I want you all to know that every day I try to live up to that. Now, we lost Stephen Covey back in 2012. He passed away, sadly, in a bicycle accident. Um, He, of course, was in great health, great shape. And, um, you know, we very tragically lost him, I think, way too early. And so while I certainly don't claim to be anywhere near as good or as smart or as selfless as as Stephen Covey, I try to follow in his footsteps every day. I try to follow his example. I, I endeavor to live that life. I endeavor to be a good example to my kids, to my, my family, and to all of you, my audience. And I never think that I'm better than you. And I, I hope that comes across because I know I'm not better than anybody. I'm not worse than anybody either. I mean, we've all gone through shit in life. We've all gone through stuff that has happened that has affected us. We've all gone through pain and frustration and failure, not getting what we want. And yet we've also had moments of great joy and happiness. And most of those moments of joy and happiness I have noticed have come from my relationships with others. And so as I leave you today, I want you to be inspired by that. I hope you are. I hope maybe those words will inspire you like it inspired me many years ago so that you know that you're important, who you are matters, and you have far more power than you think. You are far more powerful than you think, and you are not the programming that raised you. You're not the things that are holding you back. You're not your obstacles. You're not your head trash. You're not the voices in your head that say you're not good enough. You are much more than that, and very, very often we need to be reminded of that And so in closing today, let me just share with you, I want to help you on your journey. You can start with the book, Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. Go to sendmeabooknoah.com. I will send you that book. And I hope that it inspires you and helps you on your journey. And for everyone here at Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery and successclinic.com, I look forward to being a part of your success story. We'll see you next time, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show. For more information on Noah's books, live events, and coaching programs, please visit noahstjohn.com. Join us for another edition of Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. See you next time.